0: three of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of beer in the brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast.
1: And I'm Shannon, and I like the taste of beer.
0: Thank you guys for joining us in our third episode. In case you missed our last episode, we shared how to pick a brewery, some tips about when you go to a brewery, what you can say, what you can do, but it's really whatever the hell you want, you know. It's all about your experience. And we're also here to share some home brewing updates and brewery patron fails, so uh, feel free to enjoy the ride with us.
1: Yeah, we're also going to be touching on news topics um, and sharing some of our encounters with other people at breweries throughout the course of this podcast. Uh, So this week, we're going to discuss tips on how to start home brewing, but first, uh, I have a news update, an interesting article I found in the Denver Post, so would you like to hear about it, James?
0: Yeah, let's go. Rock on.
1: Okay. Uh, Rock for the Rockies? Was that a... Exactly. Was that a, was that a you, pun? You got
0: it. You got it.
1: <laughs> okay. So this is from the Denver Post. Uh, Colorado, Colorado State University is introducing the Emerson Ooh. Brewing Innovation Center. So currently they have a fermentation science and technology program.
0: Man, that sounds amazing. I know.
1: When we were in college, it was there wasn't really craft beer at all. So this is a really interesting um, add-on to their program. So they plan to build two brewing systems, um, and the beer is going to be brewed manually. But then Emerson, who is the company that um, all of the equipment is from, is also going to provide technology, and they're going to track and record all the data. So things like the control systems, flow meters, and measuring devices, and all of that data is going to get uploaded into a cloud. So in class, because they have classes, That you take for credit that's intense yeah students and teachers will have access to the data and they can look at each batch and all of the different data points and figure out maybe what went wrong what they could do better for next time and just tinker with the recipes kind of like a real-time qa so that's that's cool
0: so it's kind of like what i do right now with my tilt device that i put into my fermentation buckets and i can it pulls up tracks the temperature the gravity and everything. And I can see a graph. It makes it for me. And
1: uh, yeah. yeah, who is awesome. Tilt is not a sponsor of this podcast. This is a non-sponsored plug for Tilt.
0: But Tilt, if you're listening to this and would <laughs> like to sponsor us, please reach out. We're at doublehotbeat at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this program is going to help students experience industry standards and um, get to interact with real-time quality control. So I thought that was really interesting and something that I haven't heard of at other schools before. So,
0: And that's that's great. Like educating people at that stage, like that's awesome. That's like the prime target of where it should all begin. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a quick update on the Pink Boots beer that I helped brew. Oh yes, um, talk about that at Craft Roots Brewery in Milford. Um, The feedback we've gotten on that brew is so well received that uh, we might brew it again, and uh, it's it's really great.
1: And the proceeds to that beer also went to a foundation, right?
0: Yeah, it went to Pink Boots Society. So it helps educate women in, to get into the industry. And it's it's really meaningful and a great great cause and organization.
1: Cool. Do you have any brewing updates for us today, James?
0: So I was able to CIP, or clean in place, as we discussed last week. C-U-P.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh... I'm five years old.
0: Uh, my brewing fermentation tank that I had just got for my 30th Mm -hmm. so that was really awesome to be able to do that and essentially I just used a pump and made a essentially a loop and I put in uh, the solution to clean my tank and make sure it's all ready to go for my end game porter
1: with that hot acid
0: yeah with the hot acid it worked out great and then I put sanitized ran sanitizer through it and then cold water at the end to flush it all out so it's ready to rock what about rock tonight
1: I know Great. Well, I can't wait till you brew the next beer so I can drink some. Okay, so tonight's main discussion is going to be how to get started in homebrewing. So we're going to get right into it tonight. Um, We, or James really, has been homebrewing for a couple of years now. So we're going to give you guys some tips, um, things you should consider when starting to homebrew. And one of the main reasons we decided to start this podcast was to give those who are interested in homebrewing but haven't had any experience in it more information on how to do that. And there are some things you should need to consider before you start homebrewing that you might not expect. So James, do you want to give us a little background on how you started homebrewing and a story?
0: Definitely. So the first thing I want to say is anyone who wants to learn how to brew or is just very intimidated by the whole brewing scene, that's completely normal and you'll just do fine. So the first tip I have is just know what your budget's going to be um, and have realistic expectations. So what I mean by that is, what you want to do, or is what I started with, was just go. I went to my local homebrew store, and said, "I'm a novice. I I love beer. What do you recommend for a kit that has the best bang for your buck? On uh, what all the ingredients I need and everything to kind of get me started." And I actually still have that kit box and the instruction manual that came with it
1: I'm so glad you saved that and took up space in our home with an empty box that you don't need
0: but hey I knew I needed it at some point so here we are um, so essentially I got a what's called an extract kit and that's what they recommended for someone who's just getting into it that really you're about gonna spend anywhere probably a hundred dollars all in that includes your Probably forty dollar kit that has your all your ingredients in it. it has bottle caps, um, your priming sugar that you need to put into the bottles to make sure it gets carbonated. It has your hot pellets, has your malt extracts, um, and they have it for all different styles. So the style that was recommended to me was an amber ale, because of the fact of the storing of the beer, why it ferments. So they said, "Oh, do you have a nice garage that you can put it in that's going to keep cold temperature, relatively cold temperatures?" I'm like, "Nope, don't have a garage." So they're like, "Okay." So they recommended the Amber Ale just cuz it's very basic, a simple well, not simple, but it it's a very it's easy a beer to get started. Beer. Exactly. Okay. Um so I got started on that and it lists all the things you need. Um And some extras that didn't come in the kit, like I mentioned in episode one, I believe, of a plastic bucket you can use that you can get at any um, Home Depot or any other Ace hardware or anything like that. Or you could get it from the homebrew shop as well, which I did at the time because it came in also a kit that had everything for the fermentation side. Um, So that's how I got started. And that was just basically you have a lobster pot or a kettle as we call it, a five-gallon kettle, and it's just all on your stove that you're able to do this.
1: Are there any tips for when you first start brewing, maybe some mistakes that you made that you would caution people if they are going to get the kit, things that they need to think about um, and maybe plan for and not jerry-rig at the very last minute?
0: Or MacGyver it, as yeah. you'd say. Uh so I would say, number one, once you get the kit that has the instructions in it, make sure you read through those instructions ahead of time and become familiar with it so that the, when the time comes to do the step-by-step process, you're not fumbling around to try and make that happen. And that's just easy prepping ahead of time. So have your bottles ready, have them sanitized in your sink, um, Get a good brewing partner. So for me, my first brewing partner was my father. So that was kind of cool. Um, but just someone that can help you along the way. If you want to do it by yourself too, like rock on. Again, I'm going with that tonight. Just, it's my catchphrase. Rock on. rock on, hop star, you know. Go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's something I would recommend. Read ahead of time. Um, have everything laid out. Before you're going to start and make sure you have enough time to actually complete it because it could take anywhere from six to eight hours.
1: Yeah. So what I've noticed is from the very beginning that it, you need to definitely have enough time to do this. And it's not just the actual brewing day. It's like you said, all the prep work that goes into it. And I think that really improves the quality of the beer. If you do take the time to, you know, sanitize everything and get everything prepped, uh, because I'm not going to lie. Your first beer was disgusting. <laughs> it,
0: it was so bad. I couldn't drink it. I like was just so proud that I made something that I want to share it with everybody. And yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also, that's you bring up kind of a good point. The fact that you're proud to make it. I think if you're making your beer for the first time, it's not going to be perfection. It's going to take a while to really hone your skills and get your beer to where you want it to be. So I think it's important to remember that your first beer is not going to be something you can put on the shelf and sell to people. It's probably going to be a mess. It's probably going to be a disaster, but it's the first step to getting into home brewing. You just got to get out there and do it and try different things every time and take notes, I think is another thing. That's definitely
0: something I I marked up my recipe that I had in the first one of just things to consider next time if I want to make it again, to remember to do this, Mm -hmm. or when they say to add, you know, heat up the syrup ahead of time to make sure you actually do that and don't cut corners in the recipe.
1: Yeah, and you even now have a brew journal that my lovely mother got for you. Or I guess both my parents, but really my mom.
0: <laughs> my family's just very supportive of my brewing, and it's, it's kind of funny, but...
1: But it's a good uh, idea to keep a notebook and keep notes, uh, especially that first time, so you can make sure you're not repeating certain mistakes and learning from them. And going back to the, the time issue... Um, I think, you know, sometimes you would start your beer and not realize it was gonna take eight hours, and then all of a sudden it was, you know, almost ten o'clock at night, and you're still cleaning up. So it's really important to think about the time. And as you mentioned, if you can get someone to help you, it's just a fun activity you could do with your friends. So if everyone, anyone else who knows is interested in home brewing, you can something you can do together. You can trade off, you know, go to my house this one time, the next time we'll go to your house, or maybe your friend has a bigger house than you, and you can go there all the time. <laughs>
0: I mean, and it's all picking, so we, I have mentioned all grain versus extract. So all grain typically is more in labor intensive and it's usually requires more space because you have to get all the grains to put into uh, the equipment where an average person, you're going to spend a lot more in an all grain system um, because you have to have all the physical, like 19 pounds a grain or something around that depending on what beer you're making so extract is really a good starting point especially budget friendly Um, and it also is space friendly as well so you essentially will need stovetop a way of regulating the heat in that kettle while you make it and then you're just transferring it from that adding water into your bucket or your carboy there's glass and plastic carboys as well if that's the style you prefer It's just like it looks like one of those Poland Spring jugs, something like that.
1: A boy who rode in cars.
0: It's just a term, car boy. But yeah, (laughs) that's something. Also, if you don't aren't familiar with a term in your recipe, uh, make sure you look it up. Um, I did that the first time I did it. I go, what's a siphon? This is not
1: sponsored by Google either, but Google it.
0: But um, that's something you definitely want to also look into is just look up the terms you're not familiar with at first and look it up or ask somebody at the homebrew store or there's plenty of things that you can look up. So Definitely give it a whirl. And um, don't be embarrassed by it being awful. I wasn't. Uh, my mom was the only one who actually drank it. but
1: Shout out to mom.
0: Shout out to mom. Mom's everywhere okay brew moms (laughs) hashtag brew moms
1: okay uh so i also think space is something you need to consider when you are doing this because our house is not that large and you're frequently talking about a brew shed that apparently we're gonna someday own in our backyard um so i think assessing your space and making sure you have enough space and somewhere like you said to store because they asked you when you first went in if you were, if you had a cool you know, garage that was going to stay relatively cool stored in. So you really need to look at your space limitations and kind of tailor your beer around that as well.
0: It's also very doable in an apartment, um, but you also have to factor in that you're going to have a five-gallon bucket sitting around for three, four weeks of your beer fermenting. So unless you have a nice closet that you can put it out of sight, People coming in are going to see that, so it's just, if you don't mind someone seeing, oh, that's my homebrew sitting over there, and you can keep it within a temperature range that's for the beer style. So for the Amber Ale, it's like, you know, 67 degrees to 76 degrees, you can keep it and it'll be fine. Um, but lagers are usually co- a lot colder, so you have to keep it consistent. So that's why the Amber Ale was also suggested, so... I know a lot of people do it in apartments, and that's that's great. That's a great way to get started.
1: It's a conversation starter, too. If you've got a bucket of beer sitting around and all your friends come over, be like, what's going on over there? It's kind of like one of those, like, how did I get the scar? I'm going to tell you the story.
0: I mean, they also have now what's called brew and bag, and it's they take the all green and they just make it so it's a lot smaller batches, and they're able to do it on a stovetop, and it's just all the grains are put into a bag, and they're able to do it for apartments and condos it's more for like that
1: wine st- in a bag yeah, yeah. it's
0: and just like a drawstring bag. bag that fits all the greens in and it's oh. it's it's really cool i haven't tried it but for any listeners who have done that and have had good results or bad results uh, feel free to share your experience with us too
1: so what really are you going to need ingredient wise to brew beer
0: so definitely need water that's number one um, so you can either use your tap water, or what I did is I just went to the grocery store and got spring water, um, which was great. It work- has worked out great for me, um, outside of that, because otherwise you might run the risk as if you have a lot of fluoride in your water, or chlorine in your tap water. Um, that's something you want to consider. It's not the biggest deal for if you're just starting out, but it'll definitely have an impact on the flavor of your beer. Well, it might so- be something
1: that if you... Do use tap water, and you find that the flavor is not to your liking. That's something you can write down for next time to maybe use spring water.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then if you do get a kit, um, it should include all the ingredients that you need. So it's going to have your hops, which are usually in the pellet form. That's just the easiest form to work with.
1: Public service announcements for hops. Pets are allergic. So if you have animals and you drop some hops on the floor, make sure you clean them up. So your dogs or cats or gerbils, snakes iguanas whatever you've got iguanas i don't know people have weird pets iguanas are kind of cool um so make sure you clean up after yourself so someone doesn't accidentally ingest some hops
0: oh great keep your dog safe
1: yeah i'm always watchful and when we drop things Strider goes after them and i said nope leave it
0: oh you you do (laughs) you do that leave that okay you do and um if it's an extract kit you're gonna have obviously your malt extract usually is like a syrup form and that's going to be in a can um, and that's included as well as your dry or light dried malt extract that'll be included you're going to get your bottle caps usually included um, you'll just need to get bottles so you can choose to either do 12 ounce bottles or the larger size i'd recommend doing the larger size if you're just starting out which i didn't do just so you don't have to bottle as many yeah, so, because that's very time consuming mm-hmm. um You're going to need to get a capper, which is just a little magnetic hand crimper that basically just seals the caps on once you um, put them on. Um, You're going to need to get a hydrometer um, to measure the gravity reading of your beer. It's essentially um, a floating. It looks like a thermometer, and it just floats in. You want to get a cylinder or something that can float in the beer, and that just tells you gravity reading. I didn't even do that for the first beer I did. Um, I don't know why I didn't, but I just didn't think it was important. Probably because uh, it had
1: spit in it.
0: Well, well <laughs> okay. so we paid very close attention to cleanliness the entire time. Um, we even wore like winter hats so our hair wouldn't get into the beer. Um, we wore gloves, we wore safety goggles, and lo and, and behold...
1: Whom will not be named.
0: He who shall not be named, um had when we were transferring the wort, which is unfermented beer, um, from our kettle into our bottling bu- from one bucket to the other, um, so we could bottle it um, to start the siphon instead of using water to run through it and then transfer it. He decided to suck on the end of the tube, which is also okay as long as you don't then Panic when the unfermented beer hits your mouth and spit into the bucket that you're going to transfer your beer into. All beer is now pouring into. <laughs> and not tell anybody. And then, lo and behold, your beer is disgusting and it tastes like spit and weird aftertaste.
1: Now I just realize that we all drank it still and I'm a little concerned about that. Yep. I
0: shouldn't have about it that hard. Well, now you're definitely family, so. Yeah. Well, my mom enjoyed it. So,
1: One last thing that I was going to mention uh, just for after you're done and after you've consumed the beer is if you're giving beer out to people, maybe as gifts, you know, if it's around the holidays or their birthday or something, and you did get those bottles, you might want to ask for them back and recycle and reuse them next time. You can sanitize them. and Yeah,
0: you rinse them, them out and batch. sanitize them, and you can reuse them. Definitely, It's also
1: eco-friendly, folks. Save the planet. Okay, well, if you guys have any other questions about home brewing or suggestions, feel free to send us an email at doublehotbeat at gmail.com, and we will maybe read your suggestions on the air so other viewers can uh, – sorry, I keep calling them viewers, but they're oh, definitely not looking at, at us.
0: Now you're me with viewers. Other
1: listeners um, can share in that knowledge. Okay, so we've got a little game.
0: Let's do this. So this is a really exciting game we got planned for you guys. So, everyone's all about hop culture.
1: (laughs) Get it? Ha, ha, ha.
0: So, we're going to talk about TV and movie characters and what type of beer we think they would be and why. And we'd love to get you guys to be involved and send in any characters, TV, movie characters, and what what beer you would picture them as either drinking, being, or what you'd want them to be, or what you think the character should be.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go first. So, so
0: as we started by saying he who should not be, named,
1: he who must not be named.
0: So for those Harry Potter fans, Shannon, what do you think? So for Lord Voldemort. Voldemort.
1: You, there's no T, James. It's Voldemort.
0: Well, then the movie's got it all wrong.
1: Um. So I think that he is a sour beer and not just because of his attitude. He is a very sour person, Um, but I think that he is a sour beer because not everyone likes sour beers, and not everyone likes he who must not be named.
0: Use his name.
1: Fear of a name only increases fear of the thing itself. So, um, but those who do like sours really like sours, and so there's almost like a cult following of people that like sour beers, and they are becoming more popular So it's almost like his Death Eaters rallying around the sour beers and more and more people flocking to his cause before he was brought down by the famous Harry Potter. And so more and more people, Death Eaters, are liking the sour beers. And you also have to have a certain palate to enjoy
0: Voldemort
1: as well as sour beers. I like sour beers, so I guess that makes me a Death Eater. You don't like sour beer, so you're not a Death Eater. Although That's I feel like of anybody in this family, you are the Death Eater. Oh, I am. tried to buy the Dark Mark at the Wizarding World. But I think that is why. Also, when people drink sour beer, sometimes if they don't really like them. They make a weird face. And sometimes Does that look like
0: his face?
1: Voldemort doesn't have a nose. And he's got a weird face. So, therefore, his face is a face that people make when Voldemort's they drink sour beers. Voldemort's got a
0: weird face. Ooh, he snap.
1: is no nose, Voldemort.
0: See, I would have had him pictured as like a aged stout, like a oak aged or a whiskey aged Why, stout. he's old. Well, he's the Dark Lord, so the stouts are nice and dark.
1: I guess, but you could have a dark sour beer.
0: They I also requires a different stouts are usually on nitro instead of the CO2, so it needs requires a different tap handle, a different faucet for when you're serving it. So
1: you're saying like he's like. The purebloods are set aside Better, for the rest of the wizarding world.
0: Higher than everybody else.
1: Okay. That's how they describe okay. him. I feel like your argument's not as good as mine, though. I think he's definitely a sour beer. He's a sour puss. Well,
0: well I mean, is. if you grew up how he grew up, maybe. Well, I guess. In an but orphanage. still, he
1: is the worst.
0: Having magical powers and just can't do anything about it. True. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I, think who's, I who's won. right? Shan or James? I think I won. We'll see. Let's move on to the next person. <laughs> How about Sean Hunter?
1: Where there's a boy meets world. Boy okay, meets Okay, This is not a singing podcast. Stick to your day job.
0: <laughs> oh, I will.
1: Uh, you can go first on Sean Hunter for our, our second and last person.
0: Okay, so I picked an IPA, a Double dry hopped IPA on the bitter okay. side, so similar to like the Sierra Nevada style of an IPA. Okay. Um, so I picked that, that for Sean Hunter because he's got a very tough past, but he also is very intellectual, and it takes a very intellectual person to appreciate a really good IPA. Okay. <laughs> and so that's I don't, That's just something I and he's and he's loyal
1: okay i was picturing and i guess i went for the shallow version of of this activity in that shot under is good looking and i feel like he represents oh, like an amber oh, for okay. i know i picture like an amber beer because he's got you know his hair he's all about his hair he's got to push it back He's always got the hair flip going on all the girls can flock in and i feel like amber ales and his hair are really good together amber ale hair yeah sean hunter has some amber ale hair
0: that Corey's jealous of
1: yeah with his brillo hair (laughs) so i think that's why sean hunter is an amber ale and also it's smooth and he is a smooth talker he's a smooth character okay that's what i'm gonna say so you guys can write in and tell us if you agree or not
0: well captain marvel so that just came out recently for all you Marvel fans. What? Okay,
1: we're going to do one more.
0: One more. One more. Why not? Let's get, let's get a fema- well, I feel positive like, female role and model And again, I here. just
1: feel like I keep going to people's hair, but I feel like it would just be like a blonde ale.
0: A blonde? Because, oh, the female gets a blonde ale? Well,
1: her hair is blonde. I'm not saying that it's all about just her looks, but I was just... I don't know. It's very light and refreshing, and it's light and refreshing to have a female superhero that is Im- as powerful. She is like the beginning of the Avengers, so she's basically the OG of... The Avengers. So, I feel like sorry, Captain ale? America.
0: No, what? who? Sorry.
1: Okay, no, go watch the movie again because why did they name the Avengers the Avengers? Everyone, go see the movie. I'm not going to spoil it. Anyways, but like a Blondale or like a like a logger. Is that the like the what's the
0: a lager Yes, that's that's a that's a <laughs> no, that's I mean, a style. Like what's movie. like the
1: like or maybe I don't know. Yeah, like the original like. Before there were like craft beers, there was...
0: Like the original Coke before they
1: changed their recipe. But then they went back to their original recipe, so people got outraged. But yeah, she's like the original. She started it all, and she's also tasteful and empowering, and she's got blonde hair.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm sticking with the IPAs. I think she'd be a brute IPA. Oh, because of the pink boots
1: one that you just burned?
0: Well, and it's also she's a badass, and that's brute true. IPAs are just they're not as popular, but then people are starting to like it, it's so true. it's not many people liked her at first, or especially her as an actress, which I thought's kind of ridiculous. Well, that's just our friends. well, a lot it was she was getting feedback on uh, the social media, so Brie Larson, we love you. So,
1: <laughs> well, I also think one last thing about the blonde ale, so it's unassuming but it can pack a punch
0: and it can also change too you can have many forms of blonde ales
1: yeah so she is ever-changing you don't know what to expect and that's what i'm gonna say that's it it. yep okay well i think that just about does it for us this week uh so thank you for listening to this week's episode please visit our website at www.doublehotbeatpodcast.com you can also vis- visit our Facebook and Instagram account, so make sure to go and follow, follow us on there.
0: Yeah, make sure you share your experiences with us uh, or anything you want to add to the show. We'd love to hear from you guys. You are our listeners, and we love you. And uh, also get ready to hear our next episode, which I'm really excited about because we're going to be talking about creativity and brewing and beers and just everything. It's going to be awesome.
1: Yep. And don't forget to email us at doublehotbeat at gmail.com with any questions, feedback, you want to weigh in on our discussion about our hop culture feel free to do so and you have oh sorry also don't want to forget to make sure that you go rate review and subscribe on iTunes Um, that will get us more uh, rates on there people can find out about us and also we are now on Google Play so if you've got Google Play go and download it there and that is it for today so thank you for listening this has been Double Double Hop Beef.